you're listening to a message from Lifeway Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, please visit www.lifeway.church. Now, please enjoy this message from our pastor, Bruce Rhodes. We're talking this morning about the helmet of salvation. Somebody said, hey, you guys, uh, you had sound effects last week, and so I'm just reminding you, hey, we have a helmet for a reason. It's for protection. We're going to review a couple of things, but let me, let's, let, let's turn our attention back to Ephesians chapter 6, where the Bible says from... Uh, Think about who's talking, who he's talking to, and why he's talking. This is Apostle Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. We could say he's writing to the church at Decula, right? And he's saying some things. Now, if you, if you study the, the book of Ephesians, the first five chapters are phenomenal. They're, they're deep, they're strong, they're powerful, and talks about the glory. It talks about the inheritance that we have as the saints. Uh, Paul is praying for us that we would see everything that God has given us. And so there's, there's power in the first five chapters of Ephesians. But then in the sixth chapter, he says, finally, brethren, finally. Now, after I've said all of this, I'm going to say something else. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Yes. There's a distinct difference between the power of God's might and the power of your might. Amen. Your might is, is nothing compared to God's might. And so we're not supposed to be strong in our own might. I know that's when I get worn out and tired and weary when I try to do things in my own strength. And, and if I'll just back up and I'll just get refreshed by the strength of the Lord, then I can go further than what I thought I could go with my own strength. Can everybody say amen to that? Amen. That is for sure. So it's, it's telling us to be strong in the Lord, the power of his might, and put on the whole armor as opposed to half the armor or just one piece of the armor. So we, rec- we have to recognize that there is this whole armor of God. We have to see uh, every part of the armor and how it fits us and what it's for. And, and when Paul was writing this, he was connected to, somehow chained to or, or uh, guarded by a Roman soldier. And so he's looking at this soldier, observing this armor that this soldier has on, and then he's making a parallel comparison to the armor that God has given us. And, and there's been many messages on the armor of God, but um, we need to be reminded. We need to remind ourselves about this armor that God has provided for us. And the fact that we have the armor on is, is, means we're in a battle. We're in a battle. And a lot of times uh, as Christians, we, we don't want to think about the battle. Uh, are, are we sing a song just like we sing? The cross is the final word. So Jesus went to the cross and he died and he rose again. And so... Hey, I'm just hanging out, waiting for Jesus to come back. No, but there's a, there's a daily battle that we have to put on our armor and stand against the enemy. Because he's, the enemy comes in like a flood to try to take over when he, when he doesn't have any business. We have the authority. We have the responsibility to stand up in the armor and say, no, not today, Satan. <laughs> no. Everybody just say no. Woo, that sounds good. Did you know you can say no? <laughs> a lot of folks just don't know that they can say no. But when the, when the enemy is knocking at your door, say, listen, uh, address unknown. Return to sender. <laughs> Return to sender. There was an old song like that one time. But... So put on the full armor. 
that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the schemes, the tactics of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And so Paul is using these descriptive terms to talk about the different levels of devils. And so there's levels of devils that we need to recognize. There's, there's some lower level devils and there's some upper level devils. And, and, and the more you grow in God, the more you're dealing with a, a stronger resistance. Have you, have you sensed any resistance in your, in your life, in your spiritual life as you grow? Yeah, as you, it's, it's like these video games, you know, you, you, um, you, you become empowered, then you go up to the next level, and then the opposition becomes uh, smarter, faster, and, and multiplied. You know, you, you're, you're facing things that you've never even faced before. That's real life, guys. That is called spiritual warfare. Come on. Spiritual warfare is real. It's reality. It's not some spooky, kooky thing that somebody invented over here and, and they're playing spiritual games. No, it is not a game. It is every, every day you wake up, the enemy has a target on your head. This is what we've been talking about, the helmet, that God gave us a helmet to protect our head. And so there's, there's wickedness that comes against us. That's why it says, therefore, take up the whole, whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having, to done, uh, having done all to stand, stand therefore, having gird your waist with, with truth, having put on the breast, breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation with the sword of the, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication and the Spirit being watchful, being attentive, being awake and watchful, to this end, with all perseverance and with supplication for all saints. We're in this together, guys. We've got to learn how to lock shields together. It's, it's, not, uh, uh, it's not just everybody for yourself here. It's, we come alongside of each other to help one another because we've all been there, right? And so we're better together. This is the whole thing about doing life together. Life is better together. The church is not some place that you just come in uh, and you, you begin to read your Bible and you go off into a corner and everybody is on their own. No, we are together. We, we, we lock shields together. We resist the devil together. We learn together, grow together, and fight together and win together. Amen? So this salvation helmet, uh, is this, the word salvation there is just an adjective to, to describe the helmet. It's, it's not, the helmet is not eternal life. No, we get that when we make Jesus Lord. This helmet protects our head. That is an adjective to describe this helmet that God has given us. So we have to put on the helmet to protect our head. Uh, just a quick review here. The enemy has a target on your head. Why? Because it's, your head is the C2, the command and control center, C2, the the letter C, the number two, command control center, right? Because the enemy knows if he can knock your mind out, then you can't, uh, you, you can't recognize where the, where the, the, the opposition is coming from and you can't do anything to defend yourself. This is warfare, guys. And these strategies are, are you, you see it all over the world uh, in times past and present times too. Uh, 
Everyone's weapons are aimed at the control center because they're trying to take down the communication. They're trying to take down the, the, the way to, to find out what's going on, take down all of the, um, uh, how do you say, devices that provide information. The enemy knows that if he can get you confused that he can knock you off your feet. And so Proverbs 4.23, Proverbs 4.23 says, More than anything you guard, protect your mind, for your life flows from it. Really, the, the soul of your, or, or your heart is where your mind is seated. It's not your brain, right? The brain is a physical organ that is con- connected to your mind, but your mind is part of your soul. We are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And the part of your soul, there's three parts to your soul, mind, will, and emotions. And so your mind is an integral part of your soul. And the enemy is, is trying to confuse your mind because if he can confuse your mind, life will stop flowing. So we have to protect our mind from the enemy's attack. And we know that the battlefield is in our mind. The enemy throws fiery darts, which are thoughts at your mind, to try to confuse you. So here's the enemy's strategy. We went over this last, last week. Number one, he wants us to ask questions. He came, to, he came to Eve and said, did God say? Did God say that you weren't even supposed to touch the fruit? And so he questions you. And he'll question you on what the Word of God says. You remember when he started tempting Jesus. When the devil started tempting Jesus, he tempted him with the Word of God. And he quoted a truth, but he didn't quote the truth. And because Jesus knew the truth, he was able to withstand that twisted truth that the enemy was trying to use against him. Right? So it's important that we understand the truth so that we can use the truth against the enemy. But the enemy will come and he will, he will get us uh, with thoughts of, of questioning to, to insert doubt in our minds. Did God really say, well, I don't know. I, I really, I didn't go to Bible school. I didn't study. You know, we think these thoughts, well, I'm not a Bible scholar. I've just been, you know, I've just been saved for a month, two months, and I don't know, maybe... Maybe I'm not even saved. You know, the devil will throw doubts in your mind to get you to question God's word. The second thing he does is try to confuse you. That's why doctrine is so confusing sometimes. And people are, they get confused. And so uh, you, you begin to reason things out in your mind. And God, um, he, he do, he's not understood with your mind. He is a spirit and you understand spiritual things by, by your spirit. You are a spirit. And so the more spiritual things that, that, that you feed yourself. First Corinthians chapter 2 talks about spiritual concepts and spiritual things are understood with spiritual words. And so when we become part of the family of God, we begin to learn the vocabulary of the spirit. And, and we study and we, we it, it sometimes transcends our minds. Now, the Lord will explain things to our, our mind to, to give us understanding and wisdom. He will reveal things to us from his word. But as we're growing, you know, the devil comes in and says, you're confused. He'll try to convince you that you're confused. In order to, number three, he'll paralyze you. 
He'll try to paralyze you. And, and when we become paralyzed, we're divided. We don't know if this is true or that's true or uh, we're easily swayed. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. But um, he, he tries to paralyze you. If he can divide you, he can paralyze you. Remember a couple of weeks ago we studied uh, when Jesus said, you know, a house divided against itself will fall. And so that's one of the tactics of the enemy, to, to paralyze you, to, to divide you, divide you in half. Well, I thought I believed this, but maybe I don't. Get confused and then you get paralyzed. So last week we ended with this one point that our helmet is actually the mind of Christ. God has given us the mind of Christ. And that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 16. We have it. We have the mind of Christ. Everybody say, I have the mind of Christ. The word says you do. That's what gives you the authority to say that. Don't ever say, I'm, I'm losing my mind. Never say that. Because the Bible says that you have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. The enemy wants you to say, I'm losing my mind. Why? So he can have an open door to come in and confuse you. Don't say words that are not in aligned with God's word. Begin to say what God says about you. If the Lord says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, that I have the mind of Christ, guess, guess what? Today I'm saying that I have the mind of Christ. I'm not losing my mind. I have the mind of Christ. The second thing is we have to choose to use it. It's not automatic, guys. And so if Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts. If the Bible says that I'm supposed to fix my thoughts, then guess what? I can fix my thoughts. I can focus and fix my thoughts. And we brought up the subject of, of being distracted and how the enemy tries to distract us, especially in the times that we live in. There's such distraction and the enemy is using it for all that it's worth. He distracts us over here and distracts us over there and distracts us and tries to pull us away from, from the important things and, and feeding on the Word of God and putting ourselves in the presence of God. He tries to distract us. Why? Because he wants us to be weak-minded, unable to focus. And if you, you, if you can't focus, guys, in, in, a, in a natural sense, if, you, if it's hard for you to focus, uh, naturally speaking you're less likely to be successful with anything. You know, if you're going to be successful at something, you have to be intent, you have to have focus, determination, dedication, and, and stick to itivity. You have to stick to it through every challenge. You have to be focused. And so you fix your thoughts. The Bible says we fix our thoughts on things that are true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable, Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And then we have the mind of Christ, number three, so that we can identify these incoming thoughts. And we're going to go deeper into that today. So today is, if you want to go along with the notes, lifeway.church forward slash 7-21. That's today, right? 21, 21-19. And you can look at the notes and you can go back over those notes and you can dive deeper into those notes and you can watch the video again. Don't, don't let your Sunday experience end on Sunday. Go Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday just going back over. Listen, the deeper you go, the more real it becomes to you. And so 
Uh, our first point today is the mind without Christ. I'm going to talk about 10 characteristics of a mind without Christ. And, you know, sometimes uh, we, we make statements like, you know, this, I'm just in this funky state of mind. Well, here, I'm going to give you a list of 10 states of mind listed from bad to worse. Number one is a trouble mind. These are all scriptural, and they're listed in your notes there. I'm not going to go through each scripture because there's, there's 10 of them here. Uh, there's more scripture behind that. But 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 11 talks about a troubled mind. A troubled mind is an unsettled mind. Just, I'm just troubled. There's just something troubling me. I just, uh, I'm just troubled in my mind. The Bible talks about that, that state of mind, the, the, the mind without Christ, I call it. How about uh, a dull mind? A dull mind. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 14. A dull mind. Their minds were made dull. If we, ha- if we have a dull mind, we can't recognize or accept anything new because we're stuck in a rut. Just when you get into place in your life, you're like, everything's just dull. I'm doing the same thing all the time. Just Your mind's just stuck in that rut. You know, our minds kind of gravitate to ruts. You know what a rut is? It's a grave with both ends kicked out. So you don't want to be in a rut because that's the next thing to a grave. And people start throwing dirt on top of you because you're stuck in a rut, right? It, it, if you have a dull mind, you're desensitized. Just like, uh, you, 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 there's no compassion flowing from you. It's just, yeah, everybody's got problems. I mean, everybody. Just dull, desensitized. But that's the mind without Christ. Here, here's the third one. How about anxious or closed mind? In Job 17, 3 and 4. Job 17, 3 and 4. An anxious mind is so full of worry that it doesn't have any room for anything else. Worry, 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 worry. Worry, 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 worry. Uh, uh, you get to the place where you're so anxious that you say things like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to have to shut down. So anxious leads to shutdown, right? Which leads to being closed. I just can't handle anymore. I'm just going to go into my room, turn off all the lights. Don't talk to me. I'll call you when I come out, right? That's anxious. How about confused mind? Confused mind, number four, confused. Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 20. A confused mind says, nothing makes sense. I just don't understand. It's just fog. I just, there's just a fog. I'm, part of this is confoundedness. To be confounded means to be caught off guard. There's a sudden disturbance that causes surprise. Confoundedness leads to confusion. When you're confused, you're 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 easy target for the enemy because he barely has to push you and you fall over. Like you're, if you're unstable, right? Confused mind, a blinded mind. Second Corinthians chapter four and verse four. Blinded mind. A blinded mind calls things that are right wrong and things that are wrong right. They're they're blinded, and this is a gradual darkening, so that there's. No recognition of the truth. Blinded. You just turn the lights down a little bit, a little bit at a time. It's getting a little darker in here, isn't it? You know? 
You don't recognize it at first. It's just like the lights are, it's not as light as it used to be, right? Blinded mind. How about a rash or deluded mind? Now, all these are scriptural. The Bible talks about these. Rash and delusion. Leviticus 5, verse 4, and Isaiah 32, verse 4, talk about the, this rash and deluded mind. A rash and deluded mind is unreasonable, unwilling, and disbelieving. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. If you stand around saying, I don't believe that, I don't believe that, I don't believe that, guess what? You don't believe anything. You're skeptical about everything. You're cynical about everything. I don't believe anything. And so you become deluded, unwilling, disbelieving. And, you, and this rashness swings back and forth, back and forth, just to the extremes, from one extreme to the other. How about a sinful mind? You see, we're, we're regressing here. We're, we're, we're going down. A sinful mind. Romans 8, 7 talks about a sinful mind. A sinful mind is weak to temptation. A sinful mind... Uh, hardly ever says no because it's just open for anything. Oh, yeah, sure. You want to go rob a bank? Yeah. Oh, let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go take over Fort Knox. Okay, yeah, let's go, yeah. No defense, no defense, open to all the attacks of the enemy as a sinful mind, just filled with, oh, yeah, whatever, weak to temptation, full of sin. Ecclesiastes talks about uh, evil and restless mind. Ecclesiastes 2, 21 through 23. An evil or restless mind can't stay still. Just back, again, tied to this distraction thing. The enemy's trying to distract us so that our minds can't even stay still so that we're just swayed to and, f- to and fro. We're looking for trouble. You ever, uh, you hear people describing some uh, some hard to reach youth or some troubled youth. Maybe it's going through a tough time in his life and they just, they categorize this person. Maybe this was you when you were young where, where adults would say yeah, he's just looking for trouble. He's just looking for trouble. That's an evil and restless mind. But you know, if, if people categorize you that, like that when you were young, you can be delivered of that. For all of these characteristics of the, 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 the mind without Christ, there's deliverance. Last two. There's the, not, number nine is a depraved mind. Depraved mind. Romans one twenty eight and 1 Timothy 6.5. Depraved mind is twisted to the point of perversion. Immoral. More. Without morals, just anything goes. What I feel at the moment, twisted to the point of perversion. The Bible talks about all of these minds, mind, mindsets. A, a corrupt mind, corrupt mind. Second Timothy chapter three and verse eight. A corrupt mind is willing to deceive and to lie. Now we know that the enemy is—he's a liar and the father of lies. But when he can get people to be willing to deceive and to lie then that person is actually running with the devil. And that was a song, running with the devil. Think about that. 
Here we had a whole generation singing this song. That song made it up, up, up in the charts. Eddie Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen. Running with the devil. There's no good word in that song. I looked it up. Yeah. Think about it. Just, just, just think. So how do people get to this point of the mind without Christ? Number one, there's no access to the mind of Christ. They're blind, they're, their mind has been blinded. Their eyes have been blinded by the God of this world. The Bible talks about it. Or number two, they're not choosing to activate and operate with the mind of Christ. So we've got people that aren't, that don't have access to the mind of Christ. They aren't converted, born again. They're not serving the Lord. They're not following Jesus. Or number two, you've got people who just don't operate, not choosing to activate and operate with the mind of Christ. So let's talk about the types of stronghold for just a moment. There are basically two. There's, there's this thing called mindsets. Mindset, here's the definition of a, of a mindset. It's an established set of attitudes held by someone. It's the way that they usually think. It is a fixed mental opinion. And these mindsets are formed over time. Formed over time. Some of the mindsets are formed when you're young by the environment that you're in or by the parents that you've had. It can be like a worldview such as materialism, hedonism, Darwinism, secularism, relativism, communism, atheism. All these different isms are mental strongholds that people set up against the knowledge of God. Negativity. As I was growing up, I was uh, exposed to negativity. Everything was so negative. Like, I mean, think about it. Just anti, anti this and anti that and just no, no hope and no, 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 nothing good, nothing, no hope and no, just, I don't know if you grew up like that. It was just negative, negative, negative. No, 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 no. There was no reason. It was just no. Easier to say no than to try to break loose and think about, you know, So that mindset, and listen, guys, because it's formed over time, most of the time it's not broken immediately, right? These strongholds are not broken immediately. The second type of stronghold is attitude. So the first one is a little bit stronger, the mindset, but then the the second type is is attitude. And these attitudes, uh, the definition there is a way of thinking that affects a person's behavior. So this personal attitude uh, can be something like worry or seeking the approval of other people. Well, let me back up and go to worry. Think about Martha and Mary. Here's Martha, and she's sweeping up and preparing for Jesus and making everything all right, and, and Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus and Martha, the more, the more Mary sits there and listens to Jesus and the more Martha tries to fix everything and, and she becomes just, ah, I just can't take it anymore. Now, notice she didn't say, Martha, could you come here a minute? I have a question. Come over here. Let me, let me talk to you, Martha, Martha or, or Mary. She didn't do that. She went right to Jesus and she said, Jesus, 
Look at what worry will do. I mean, look at me, Jesus. I'm proud that I'm doing all of this for you. And look at my sorry sister who won't get off of her to come and help me. Right? This worry, it, it, it's like, look, people that worry are proud that they worry. I'm just trying to take care of everything. What? Really? This, this attitude, the tood, right? You got a tood. The thing about getting a tood is you can change the tood quickly, too. You can get rid of it the same way you got it, that quick. But people th- have this idea that it's noble to worry. Wow. I mean, I could, I could go off for a couple of weeks on that. And then Jesus, you know, Jesus said, hey, Martha, 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 Martha. He had said, Martha, 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 Martha. You're worried about so many things. Leave Mary alone. She's chosen the better thing. In other words, Martha, if you were smart, you would just quit messing with all that stuff that really doesn't matter and sit down here. And let's have fellowship. And after we have fellowship, I'll get up and I'll help you. I mean, you know, hey, we feel like serving God. We, 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 uh, uh, uh. It messes with your tooth. I had a tooth when I was young as a kid. I used to, I like to go to the mall with my parents because that meant that I could possibly get something. And so and I'm like, oh, happy, let's go, yeah, let's go. And I'm like holding the door open for mom and dad, just holding the door. We get to the mall, and I've got my eye on something, you know, down. We used to go to this hobby store, and I would like to get um, the Revell, uh, uh model, model cars and stuff, put these model cars together, you know. And so we would always go by the hobby store. And I'd say, come down, look, I saw something down here, and, and when I... The thing was, I got a tood when I didn't get what I wanted. And, you know, by that time, when they said no, not now, not today, maybe next time, whatever, my bottom lip's sticking out, and I'm walking about 30 feet behind them. And so I'm proving that it was all about me. So the thing about a tood is you can change it quickly. And the thing about a tood is the moody people. You see people uh, moody, it's because it's that too that's getting all about what you want. Here's a good scripture for you, Second Corinthians. Second <laughs> Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 6. For though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. No matter if it's a mindset or if it's just an attitude, we have to pull it down. We have to pull it down and cast down uh, arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. The discipline of renewing your mind and prayer is the only thing strong enough to permanently pull down strongholds. The discipline of prayer and renewing our mind with the Word of God is the only thing strong enough to pull down strongholds. Because these strongholds have been built in your life over and over and over and over. 
whether it's attitudes or whether it's a mindset that you have, the only thing strong enough is prayer and renewing our mind with the Word. The weapons that God gives us to work with when we're connected to Him closely. Let me, let me say it like this. When we're connected to God closely, He gives us the weapons that we need to work with. We can't use those weapons effectively unless we're connected with Him closely. That's why it says be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. We have to acknowledge His might. So what are you thinking? What are you thinking? Let's think about what we're thinking about. Think about what you're thinking about. We have the ability to observe our own thoughts. That's the thing, that's a supernatural thing about us is that while we're thinking these thoughts, we can think about what we're thinking about because we're not just limited to living our lives with mere human abilities. There's a supernatural component in our being so that we can analyze our thoughts. The Bible tells us that we have to analyze our thoughts. Number one, we should analyze our thoughts and ask ourselves, does this thought that I'm having right now line up with the Word of God? Does this thought that I'm having right now line up with the Word of God? This is why it's so important to stay filled with the Holy Spirit so that we can live in the Spirit and stay in tune with the Holy Spirit. We must stay filled with the Holy Spirit so that we can live and walk in the Spirit so that we can stay in tune with the Holy Spirit. He's the only one that can say, alert, 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 foreign thought, incoming. And then think about this. The Holy Spirit never interrupts you. He never interrupts you or never overrides you. You have to recognize him and you have to give him permission. That's why in the morning it is imperative that you say, Heavenly Father, I'm bowing my knees before you, the Father of glory. And I offer my body a living sacrifice, my mind, my will, my emotions, my spirit, my soul, and my body, and I'm giving you permission to interject yourself in my life anytime today. Remind me who I am, remind me the weapons that I have, and show me any incoming thoughts that are foreign, that are designed to take me out. The Holy Spirit is the person that will confirm or deny whether that thought is in line with the Word or not. It's impossible for all of us to know all of the Word of God. And I said it like that on purpose because there's times where you think, well, I don't know that much of the Bible. That's me. I don't know that much of the Bible. And the more I study, the more I really see that I really don't know all of the Bible. But I have the author of the Word of God living on the inside of me. And he can bring things to my remembrance that Jesus said, even if I didn't even study what Jesus said. Right? That's the great thing about the Holy Spirit, who is one that comes alongside of us to help. He's our helper. Everybody say, the Holy Spirit's my helper. Now, if we have an assignment to judge every thought that's coming to us, incoming, incoming, okay, catch it with the shield, judge it. Holy Spirit, help me here. Is this in line with the Word of God? Because not everything that sounds good is from God, right? And so we have to stay 
in tune with the Holy Spirit because the, the, the Spirit of God and the Word of God always agree. They always agree. So don't trust your knowledge of the Word of God, but do trust the Holy Spirit and your knowledge of the Word. Do you understand that? We have to rely on the Holy Spirit. Here's Philippians chapter 4, verses 7 and 8 from the Amplified Bible. This is good. Look at it up on the screen here. This is awesome. You're going to notice the word peace. I hope it jumps out and, and just overtakes you right here. And the peace of God, that peace which reassures our heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is yours. You see that? Again, it's your choice that activates the peace to stand guard over your heart and your mind. Giving God permission to guard your mind with that peace. Verse 8, finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good, work, good repute, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things. And if you're thinking continually on these things, you don't have any room or any time to think on anything else. Come on. <laughs> How many of us have said, you know, I want to say this, but I probably shouldn't. That's a good indication you probably shouldn't. And how many of us go ahead and say what we say that we're not going to say? Especially with a little encouragement from somebody else, the person that we're talking to. Well, go ahead, tell me. I promise I'll try to forget what you just said. No. Guys, it shouldn't come out of our mouth. Yes, it comes into our head, but we have to cast it down. We have to defer to peace. I'm not going to say that because it doesn't promote peace. If there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things. Center your mind on them and implant them in your heart. Because if you plant them in your heart, they're going to grow. If you don't plant them in your heart, there's going to be room for weeds and junk. Just study a lot about the Caroline Leaf stuff, talking about the brain and the thoughts, how they grow and how they take over your head and cause brain damage. Yes. Wrong thoughts and thinking on wrong thoughts causes brain damage. I'm not a scientist, but I know one and heard one who, who has studied that out and pro proven it, and it, it is. Verse 9, the things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things in daily life. And the God who is the source of peace and well-being will be with you. And so we are praying continuously. And praying continuously doesn't mean that you go lock yourself in the room and bow down on your knees and, and meditate and chant and, mm, God, you're so good. Oh, I love you, Lord. No, no. It's just a, a, a conversation, an ongoing conversation. Okay, Lord, where do we go? What do we do here? I can hear you. Okay, yes, no. Go to the left, go to the right. The Bible says you'll hear a voice behind. If you walk... With the Lord, you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, go in it. When you turn to the left, you turn to the right. I'm expecting God to show me, teach me, 
Show me your thoughts, Lord, your peace. Now, Romans chapter 8 and verse 6 says this. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. So we choose on what we are going to set our mind. We choose to set it on the flesh or the spirit. That's our choice. So think about what you're thinking about. Number one, does it line up with the word of God? Number two, where did it come from? And God, the Holy Spirit, will let us know where it came from. There's three sources it could come from. It could come from God. It could come from enemies. We have enemies, more than one, and I'll show you in a second. And then the third place it could come from is the real you. So let's talk about God. If the thought came from God, he's going to confirm it with his word. He's going to confirm it by his spirit. When God speaks something to you, don't go to another person to try to confirm it. God knows you better than any other person does. Can you say amen? amen. God knows you better than any other person does. Amen. amen. Even your spouse. Well, what do you think that God says to me? They're not your God. Pray about it. Seek your heavenly father about it. I don't serve my spouse. I serve God. When I serve God, he tells me to serve my spouse and tells me how to do it. But she's not ahead of God. That's why when God speaks to me, I don't go, does this sound like it came from God? <laughs> Come on now. I mean, I know this is elementary, but a lot of people are like, did God really speak to me? I don't know. Well, hang on. God will confirm it with his word. He wants you to know that he spoke it to you. So if the thought came from him, he confirms it by his word. The thought could come from enemies. There's three enemies to your soul. Number one is the world. Number two is your flesh. And number three is the devil. So we have three enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. The world could be tradition. If these thoughts are coming to you and they're just tradition or it's just your culture, it's a cultural thing. And people, listen, people will fight you over culture. It's my culture. How about, how about we have the kingdom culture? And the kingdom of God culture trumps every culture, right? It's over every culture. Don't argue and hold to something so tightly just because you've always done it. This is the way we've always done it. Well, maybe God wants us to do something different. And so this thought that's coming to you, if it's persuaded by tradition and culture... Maybe that's the enemy. That, he's got real quiet. Like, do I need to go any deeper here? How about the flesh? When, the, when your flesh is talking to you, it will sound like this. Now, one piece of chocolate pie is really good. But because that one piece is so good, now that next piece is going to be even better. And if I continue to eat, and nobody's here, so nobody will know that I'm eating the whole pie... And it'll be really good. And then 
the, the flesh will talk like this. You can eat that whole chocolate pie because you're going to skip lunch and you're going to skip dinner and you're going to skip tomorrow's morning's breakfast because, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's 3,500 calories because you're going to skip all of these meals and so it'll be good for you. How do I know that the flesh talks like that? Well, think about it. The flesh is, we, we can say that the, if the flesh is speaking to us, it's our will. We all have a flesh, and our, fle- our, fle- our flesh opposes us. It's our will, and it's based on our desires and without consideration for God's will. That's the flesh. The devil is another source of thoughts from the enemy. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11 says that we should not be unaware of the schemes of the devil. And again, we just refer to the devil's plan. His threefold plan is to question God and question God's word. And he comes at us throwing questions, trying to confuse us and trying to paralyze us. Questions to try to confuse us, try to paralyze us so that we don't do what God wants us to do. Now, the third place that a thought can come from is the real you, which is your spirit. And if you're born again and you've given your life to the Lord and you're following Jesus, then your heart has the Holy Spirit implanted in you. And so sometimes we have these thoughts that are just coming from our spirit that God has planted in us, but we still need to prove it with the word of God. We still need to go to God and say, hey, this thought that's coming to me, is this me? Is this you? Is this something you want me to do today, next week, next month, a year from now? Speak to me, Lord, because I'm listening for your voice. Remember the analogy of, of, of Samuel and Eli. Prophet Samuel, is his job was to train, or I'm sorry, Prophet Eli, his job was to train Samuel. The very first test in that relationship was when Samuel, young Samuel comes to Eli and says, did you call my name? I was sleeping and I awoke and I heard my name. Somebody called my name and Eli says, no, I, I didn't call your name. Go back and go to sleep. That happened three times. Samuel comes back to Eli and Eli finally catches on. I mean, this guy's a prophet and been a prophet for years and years and years, but he had a dull heart at that moment. So it took him a little while. But the last time he said to Samuel, go lay down, and the next time you hear somebody calling your name in the middle of the night, say, here I am, Lord, I'm your servant. Speak because I'm listening. That's what, that's what our prayer should be. Lord, speak because I'm listening. Now, the third thing we think about when, when we're thinking about what we're thinking about, I hope you followed me there. The first thing, let me run back over number one and two. Does it line up with the word of God? The second thing is where did that thought come from? And the third thing is do we adopt it or reject it? Because you can do two things with a thought that's coming to you. You either adopt it, you take it, or you reject it. You see that? You have to make a choice. You adopt it or reject it. And if you don't choose to reject it, guess what? You're automatically adopting it. Thoughts will hang around your brain 
in your mind until you say no, until you cast it down, until you reject it. So listen at this scripture from James 4, 7. James 4, 7 says this, Submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So if the enemy is throwing a thought your way, you are responsible to resist it. Do you see that? It is not God's responsibility to resist the devil for you. He has given us authority. He has given us the name of Jesus. He has given us his full armor to catch the fiery darts of the enemy, to cast them down with the word of God, and to say, no, no, not here, not today, not ever. Right? We reject all thoughts from the enemy. We reject all thoughts from the world and its influence that is contrary to God. We reject it. But we have to submit ourselves to God first. That's why it's God in us, the greater one in us, that's greater than the world. Right? 1 Peter 5, 8, and this is from the God's Word translation, says, Keep your mind clear and be alert. Your opponent, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion as he looks for someone to devour. And then it says these two words, resist him. So Peter, again, by the Holy Spirit, is giving us a clue that there is this enemy that's prowling around, roaring like a lion, seeking whom he may devour, which means he may not devour some people, right? But he will devour the weak ones that don't recognize him, that allow him to come in. And then those two words right after that that clue, resist him. We have to resist. We have to be sensitive to God, submitting ourselves to God. James, again, four, James 4, 7 says, submit ourselves to God. And the more we fill ourselves with God's word, the more sensitive we are to him, the more clear our mind will be, and the more we'll be sensitive to recognize the thoughts of the enemy. So this is how we think about what we're thinking about. Did it, did it come, does it line up with the word? Is it coming from the enemy? Because no good thing comes from the enemy. We can see all the way back from Genesis. Did God say that you can't, you can't even touch this fruit? And Eve's like, uh, I don't know. What do you say, Adam? Adam's like, duh. Come on. Guys, wake up. God gave us to our wives to protect her. Right? And all the guys said, and all the women said, (laughs) protect, put on the helmet, put on the helmet, take the word, capture the thought, cast it down. Capture the thought, cast it down. It's got to become second nature to us. That's why in the army they, they practice and they practice and they practice and they go back over the drill, 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 so they can do it in their sleep, so they can do it in the nighttime, so they can do it in the rain, so they can do it if they've been dropped from a plane, if they're upside down, if they're under the water, they do drill and drill and drill. Is that right, guys? In the military, is that right? Come on. We have to do the same thing because we're in the army of the Lord and nothing comes automatically. 
He has given us a responsibility to know the word, to do the word, and the helper of the Holy Spirit. So we have the advantage. The greater one lives in us. And we can do this. And we can win daily. Every thought that is contrary to the word of God is designed by the enemy to damage your mind and ultimately destroy your life. Hospitals are filled with people whose minds are so overtaken by the enemy. Guys, the, day that, the days that we're living in, this, this message is so, so relevant. So relevant and so necessary. We're all responsible. So, one last scripture. If you turn over to Romans chapter 12, one of my favorite scriptures. This is how we activate the mind of Christ on a daily basis. And think about what you do on a daily basis. You brush your teeth. Hopefully you comb your hair. A little deodorant here. You know, daily the daily thing. We do all these things daily, and they're just kind of second nature to us. We don't even have to think about, you know? It's just built in. Why not renewing our mind with the Word of God? Why does that become such a big deal? Because the enemy knows that if we renew our mind with the Word of God and we become spiritually Strong and active and full of the armor and full of his word and walking in the spirit and leaning on the Holy Spirit, then the enemy knows that we're a threat to him, that we'll walk in victory every day. And so that's why, that's why there's such opposition. Do all you can to stay in the word every day. It doesn't require us reading a whole book of the Bible every day. Listen, there's more power in just two verses of the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall not die or perish, but have everlasting. There's such power in every word that comes from God. Jesus proved it when he was being tempted by the enemy. So here's Romans chapter, uh, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And this is the message. I want us to see this. Sometimes we read it in another translation and it just becomes like script or something. But the message kind of brings it clarity to a couple of points here that I want to make and then we'll, then we'll be finished and pray. God helping you. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. And if I could say this and put my name on it today... Uh, July the 21st and 2019, this is what we're saying to you as the church. God helping you. Take your everyday life, your ordinary life, your, your sleeping and your eating, your going to work and your walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Try this tomorrow morning. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, I insert the word every day. Every day, fix your attention on God. That means set your mind. That means focus on Him. 
you'll be changed from the inside out every day. Every day. So that you can readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture, culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. Or we could say that God wants to reach down and bring you up to the level of maturity that He wants you to be at. If we'll just focus our attention on Him every day and present ourselves to Him as an offering. As an offering. And embrace what God does for us is the best thing that we could do for Him. The more that we put ourselves in the Word and the more that we put the Word in us, the more closely associated and connected we are with God and the more quickly we can recognize thoughts that come from the enemy, the more quickly that we can resist the thoughts from the enemy and say, no, not here, not today, not ever. Right? So fixing our attention on God is renewing our mind with His Word. And every day we're going to be changed from the inside out. Every day we're going to come up another level in strength, in our sensitivity to recognize what's going on up here. And, and maybe uh, we recognize, oh, where? I left my helmet at the house. Oh, my. Let me stop, drop, and pray right now because I feel like I'm on fire. You remember that commercial back when they were teaching people to stop, drop, and roll? When we first heard that as a family, I don't know how many years ago it was, we saw it on the, on the commercial, stop, drop. We did the stop, drop, and, and pray. Stop, drop, and pray. There was a couple of times where, I mean, the enemy was coming at us, coming at us with double barrels and a big bazooka. And we would be stopped at a uh, stoplight. Stop We'd get out of, the, out of the car and do a praise break. Run around the car. Whoo, thank God. Hallelujah. <laughs> just, just for the fun of it. People look at you like, what's happening? Well, I'm resisting the devil. You know, it, I could really care less what you think. I'm doing what I need to do to resist the devil. You may think I look foolish, but I know what I'm dealing with. Maybe you don't know what I'm dealing with, and that's okay. Colossians 3, verse 2, last scripture. Set your mind on things above. I mean, if the devil is opening both barrels on your head and your spouse's head at the same time, maybe that's what you have to do. Stop, drop, and pray. And have a praise break right there at the red light. Put the devil in his place and say, no, Mr. Devil. Not here, not ever, not never, ever. Not here, not anywhere. Never. Right? Putting on our helmet. Putting on our helmet. Next week will be our last week. We're going to talk about the sword of the Spirit praying always with all manner of prayer. And we're going to do like a little recap of all the uh, pieces of armor. But listen, this series is encouraging us to stand, not, not, to, not to, we're not saying these things to scare us, that the enemy is so big. No, we're, we're, we're educating ourselves so that we are prepared to prepare us to stand against the evil of the enemy, right? 
Let's pray. Father, thank you for preparing us. You said in your word that you prepare a table in the presence of our enemies. Lord, Jesus even prayed that you wouldn't take us out of this world, that you would just keep us from the evil of this world. And you did because you said, here's my armor and here's my spirit. So Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you as our helper. And Father, we thank you that you have given us your armor. Every piece of it is important. And we thank you, Father, that you have given us the name of Jesus. You've given us the blood of Jesus. You've given us your word in our heart and in our mouth to protect us against the thoughts and the schemes and the plans of the enemy. Father, we do. We, we, we stand up. Go ahead and stand up where you are right now. Just stand up. We stand up on the outside and the inside. And we declare that this, this warfare that we've been dealing with, Father, that we are victorious, that we are more than conquerors, that greater is he that lives in us the Holy Spirit, greater in He is He that lives in us than He that's in the world. We thank You, Father, that You have made us victorious. We couldn't do this on our own, but Ephesians 6 says, Be strong in the Lord, the power of Your might. And so right now I'm praying, Father, that You strengthen each of us today to stand against every scheme and plan of the enemy. We have everything that we need to do it, and we choose to do it. We activate the mind of Christ. We put on the helmet of salvation. And we thank you, Father, that we have a clear mind. I pray for folks that have been dealing with strongholds and mindsets and attitudes that have been brought on them by their parents or their environment at any time in their life, Father, that right now that you set them free in Jesus' name. That the power of the Word of God sets them free right now. And that the plans of the enemy have been exposed in Jesus' name. And they're breaking free right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. That your connection with them and their connection with the Word of God is setting them free. Jesus, you said that your disciples would continue in your Word. And the truth that they know and operate and live in sets them free. So, Father, we thank you for setting us free today setting us free in Jesus name Father if there's anyone in here right now that needs to to confess Jesus as Lord that they they make that decision right now right now if you're here today and you're listening whether you're in the building or connected through the live stream and you're listening you, you need to make a decision today that that you need to submit your life to Christ. You need to follow Jesus and make him the Lord of your life. I want us all to pray this prayer and you can pray along with us. The only thing it takes is a decision in your heart and confession with your mouth. Your faith speaking these words. Let's pray this together. Heavenly Father, I do believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That he came to this earth that he died for me. He shed his blood for my salvation. Forgive me now for all my sin and cleanse me with his precious blood. Jesus, I choose this day and forever 
to follow you. You're my Lord, and I serve you. In Jesus' name. listening to the Lifeway Church podcast. If you'd like to join us in reaching others by partnering with us today, you can give online by visiting us on our website at lifeway.church forward slash give. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church podcast and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this.